0: This is KMTT, and this is Ezra Bick, and it's the weekly Shi'ur on Parshat Shavuah. This week's Pasha is Parshat Shalach. Parshat Shalach, of course, is full of uh, many interesting aspects the nature of our attitude towards Eretz soul and to God's word and to how the Jewish community understands itself and what, what, what should be our goals. And it, it's a fascinating part. So I want to concentrate today on what is technically speaking in terms of the narrative an aside, uh, although uh, luckily it's a very, very important, uh, important point. The definition of a minion in Jewish law, ten Jewish males, is derived from the language of this week's parasha. In Parshat Kedoshim, the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, it's been Kedashhti Betoch Adat Bin Yisrael, and the Gemara learns "eda Eidah from our Parsh, from Pashat Shlach, that the spies are called an eda. And you would have thought that Eidah requires thousands of people. No, the ten spies are called Eidah. and therefore the other Eidah, Adat bin Yisrael, who is the seat of the Kadei Shem Shemayim, saying Dvarim Shabiktusha, it bears the same uh, construction as the Adat Hameraglim, uh, and therefore it's ten. It's ten Jewish males because there were ten. Uh, there were ten Meraglim. This is an interesting fact, since after all there were twelve Meraglim, uh, one, one from each tribe. The ten is derived by subtracting Kalev and Yehoshua, the two good ones, because the other ten are called, in Perek Yudalet, Pasuk Chavzayin, Ad hara'ah hazot. The 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 ten complaining, the ten uh, rebellious spies, are called an edah And this, interestingly enough, uh, emphasizes what what, what a true this is. We're interested in, to know, in knowing what the unit of the vash What is the unit that's called adat Israel? A unit which which in which one is able to promote Kedusha and avodah HaShem. And it's learned from, yes, the same terminology, Eidah, but from the exact opposite. Ten people who, in their getting together, they formed an Eidah Ra'ah. They formed an evil congregation in that they were against God and they incited the Jewish people against God and denied the value of going to of going to Eretz Yisrael. If we look at the Pasha, we'll see that the word Ada appears uh, appears very, very often. And not necessarily about the spies. When the spies come back, they're, they're not described yet as being an Eidah. They're described as being 10, uh, 10, 10 or 12 Twelve people, and they, it says where well, they should be. They should be appointed, and they go. via it Just says they go. They do this. They do this. They do this, and then they come back and they tell Moshe and the people what they want to tell them, and uh, they give them a message. And then it says the beginning of Perik Kol ha'eda, Kolam V'Yifku Ha'am So here the word Eida means the entire Jewish people, and the and the the entire congregation raised uh, their voices and they cried all that night and they complained and they complained to Moshe and Aaron all the Jews came to complain and they said to them the entire congregation Haida the is out of its way to say that the entire Jewish people came to complain to Moshe, and the entire congregation said, meaning the same people, obviously. So there's an, there's an explicit equation between Eidah and the entire Jewish people. The word Eidah has appeared twice, meaning the entire Jewish people. Uh, I'm going to do this quickly, but it continues. Um, after hearing the complaints of the Jews, Moshe and Aaron are, are, feel helpless. Moshe on they fell down on their faces They fell down on their faces before the entire congregation of the Eidah bin Yisrael. And then Yoshua and Kalev speak to the Adat bin Yisrael. It's the fourth time. Uh, and the the answer comes from The entire congregation, the entire Eidah was about to, or was uh, wanted to stone Yahushua and fakale for, for disagreeing with them. It seems that the, the the Pasha is really going out of its way to describe the entire Jewish people as an Eidah, as the Eidah, with whom which whom we're dealing. And, but when God subsequently, Pasuk Yud Alef, turns to Moshe Rabbeinu to tell him that this is bad, I'm going to do something really terrible, I'm going to kill them all, he doesn't use the word Eidah. How long shall this people uh, blaspheme, uh, injure me? How long will they not believe in what I say to them? And then Moshe has his prayer to to protect the Jews, to save the Jews. And God says, okay, salah the And He gives out the the edict that, nonetheless, none of them, none of those people will actually ever see Eretz Israel. They will die in the desert. And that's it. The next Pasha it says his follows, God speaks to Moshe Ravon, Now, God says to Moshe, "Ad it's the same expression that was used before, how long, Will this evil Eida be that they? It's difficult to translate. They cause the complaints of the Jews to be complaining about me. So I think it's clear to Chazal that the subject here is the ten the ten uh, spies, because these. People, this Eidah is me'lin Tunot yisrael. They are bringing the complaints of the Jewish people. So the Jewish people, there are two groups here. There are the ones who are me'linim, who cause the complaints to come up, and the, and they're the people who are actually making the complaints. So the Eidah is, I can't write the word me'lin. There's no English word for Lahalin. It's it's to to cause someone to complain. They are causing the Jews to complain. And God says they're going to die in the desert. So I think it's clear to Chazal, first of all, they've already been decreed that they're going to die in the desert. So this is a different group of people. The entire Jewish people are going to die in the desert. And we know it's going to take 39 years for this to take place. The last person, when the last person died in uh, Pashat Chukat, then they set out to actually enter Ephesus. So it takes 39 years because they die slowly for everyone to die. Here, apparently, there's a new pasha, specifically about the ten, ten uh, evil spies. And they are also called an Eidah. In fact, they're called Eidah Ra'ah, which the Jewish people were never called. They were just Ha'idah, Ha'idah. Um, God calls them Ha'idah Ha'azah and says they're going to die. And, in fact, they die immediately. The the, uh, the edict is actually longer. It's more it's more detailed. It begins in uh, Pasuk Chafheh. 25, Im He tells them, twenty five and twenty six, you said you're gonna you 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 exclaimed, you evil people, that what, we're gonna die in the desert? Yep, you're gonna die in the desert. Every one of you will die in the desert. And you won't uh, and you won't come except for Caleb and Yeshua. Why except because they're spies, but they're not included. And, and every word that you said will be true. You said that your children will be taken captive. No, your children will enter Eretz Israel. And this and this second, and they promptly died. The so it's quite clear that the entire this entire section is dealing with those people. God said you're going to die, and they died. This is, I think, the source. For the statement of Chazal, that an Eida of ten people is the Tzibur for Dvarim Shabikdusha. Because when God refers to the ten spies as an Eidava'ah, it's not an obvious use of the word Eida. We probably would not have used the word. The word Eida means, uh, we translate as congregation. At least in one passage here i got stuck because it says Kahal Adat Yisrael, so the congregation of the congregation. And Eidah is Bechol It's it's a group. And congregation is not bad. Community. We want to call ten people who were chosen to travel together and Eidah. The real use of the word Eidah in this Pasha is to describe the Jews. Which is not only Nisparasha but it was, it, was, it was done very explicitly in Pasha. The people who are complaining, the people who are crying, the people who say, we're not going to go to that cell, is called Adat B'nai Yisrael, Adat bin Yisrael, and Yisrael. When God then turns, and God doesn't even adopt that face, He says, you know, He's angry at the Jews, He doesn't say Eida. When He turns to the ten spies, he, God calls them, Ha'ida, Hava Ahazat. And what its meaning is, that these ten spies were not individual sinners. They represent in their activity, they spoke explicitly. Actually, the whole people spoke because they all complained. They must have said something. You can't complain unless you complain. But they adopted the words that the spies had fed them. So, rather than saying that the total Jewish community is an expression of ten tribes, God inverts it. He says, if that's true, then the opposite is true as well. These ten spies are an Eidah. Eidah, properly speaking, can only be said about Kol about the entire Jewish community. Eidah is not a large group of people. It's the Jewish community, which is everybody. But these ten people who have taken upon themselves the role of expressing the opinion of the Jewish community. Somewhat more than that. They've taken upon themselves the role of formulating the opinion of the Jewish community. They've also taken upon themselves the role of actually uh, engendering of, of causation. They've, they've, they know that this wouldn't be the opinion of the Jewish community had they not instigated it. So they have themselves they're the mouthpiece and the cause of the mouthpiece of the entire Jewish community that makes them not another community it makes them the community and that's the law of Minyan the law of Minyan doesn't say that okay 10 Jews it's a lot of Jews you can say the following thing only Amisa can be Mekadesh, Hashem, Shemayim can sanctify the name of God B'nei 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 the unit in which God's presence is manifest is not me, not you, not the two of us, not the three of us, and not really the ten of us, but the all of us. Halacha lemaysa, ten Jews who gather together have a din, have a law, a status of the of the entire congregation because they represent it. But they're not a lot of Jews. They, they are a representational group of all the Jews. And that is literally not just what I discovered in this picture, it's what God did. God came and, and defined. He took ten people who happened to have been acting together, and after describing, after the Pasha, after Moshe Rabbeinu who wrote the Pasha, after the Ruach HaKodesh which wrote the Pasha, described how the Jews were crying and the Jews were complaining, the Eidah of the Jews was complaining, the Eidah of the Jews was crying, then God adopts that terminology but applies it to HaEidah So it's not that we learn that if ten people can be bad, then ten people can be good. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe you need more than ten for the good things. Maybe you need less. I don't know. It's not the same thing at all. But it has nothing to do with the with how, how many how 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 effective ten people together is. What it's saying is that the ten people can adopt for themselves the role of being the mouthpiece, the representation of the entire tzibur, and for that it's irrelevant whether it's l'ra'ah or tova So if these ten spies can be called by the name of Amisal and I think it's it it's, it's, it's also has practical ramifications the fact is they're exactly the way the people are punished They will say that's not unusual I mean they did the same sin they're not any better maybe they're a little bit worse but they're definitely not better that, that's all true but nonetheless the Pasha stresses it first we say all the Jews are going to die and then God says and you know you ten people you're also going to die for the same reason, you're not going to say Eretz oh, Israel. It's stressing that there's no difference whatsoever between them and the rest, because they are the rest. They're not individuals who sin, in which case, imagine, you'd have to judge each one individually and decide what was his reasons, is there any extenuating circumstances. It has nothing to do with that. Ten people can view themselves, for good or for bad, they can accept responsibility, or well, in this case, they accept responsibility to evade responsibility. What well, these ten tribes took upon themselves; these ten uh, leaders of the tribes took upon themselves. They actually, they actually assumed a, a a larger role than as individuals they've had. They weren't sent, you know, go there, come back, and give me a give me a report. They came back and they spoke for Amisar. The language is Lo We will not be able to conquer. They assumed the role which they were were entitled to assume. God sent them for this purpose. They assumed it for a bad thing, but they said, we will not be able. And when they had any bit of a question as to whether they were actually legitimately representing the entire Jews, and why did that out enter their minds? Because Kalev and Yahushua suddenly opposed them. Rashi brings the Medrash, which says that they were surprised. At least Kalev had sort of played along, and therefore they allowed him to speak because they didn't realize that he was going to oppose them after Kalev opposes them then they address the Jews not Moshe Rabbeinu in the name of the Jews but then they address the Jews and say no, 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 no in other words they feel that they're losing their representational ability the Jews might be slipping away because of Kalev's persuasive persuasive voice and um, so then it says they speak to the Jews and they say to them the land is terrible We cannot go there in order to convince them to, uh, they're they're, uh, strengthening the troops, they're convincing the Jews to stand behind them and not behind Kalev and Yeshua. So, in in a way, if you're talking about, you know, people who are little people, people who are big people, people who who take responsibility on a communal basis, that's these 10 tribes, that's these 10 leaders. They really did. Amazingly, they took upon themselves responsibility to change Jewish history, to send the Jews back to Egypt and not to Eretz Israel. It's not surprising that they're called when they were chosen, they were called Kona Bahem These are these are genuine leaders of the people, great personalities. That's what the Torah is interested in when it uses the word Eida. If you see yourself as representing the entire people, then ten is the magic number. You can't do it on your own. You have to have uh, you have to have the idea of of um variated and and pluralistic people. You, know, you have to have more than one voice. So you have to have 10. But you're not 10 because 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 10. But 10 equals 600,000. Now God says, this is an Eidah Ba'ah. So when the Jews die, they will die. When they die, the Jews will die. But you should know, you've now discovered an institution which you might not have realized exists. That you can have the status of da. Without getting all six hundred thousand into the room, and that's a powerful halacha, which allows us to form genuine congregations. Sometimes we've forgotten this. as we ask a question? Any congregation, any one crowd in the whole kahal adat Yisroon, kahal adat Israel, ha'ida is ha'ida kadoshah. The ten shuls in my city are ten representations of the. I wouldn't say hypothetical of the of the spiritualized Kahal Adat Israel. But you can't have two Kahal. If you had two Kahal, two different different congregations, each one independent of the other, I think that would be a prohibition at all called Lotudu. Lot you agudot agudot. When I let's put the Jews into two. Two congregations in the modern sense are two different representations of the same thing. They might be different; one might be Sfarad, one might be Ashkenaz, but they each represent and only represent <laughs> Kehaladat Yisrael, and that's where you say Devashah Pekdushah. That's where you say Kedushah. That's where you dive That's where you read the Torah. Reading the Torah Betzibor is Sinai All the Jews were there. When you read the Torah in Shul, it's Sinai the Jewish people are there. Ten Jews are there, but they represent the entire, the entire Jewish people. Ten, uh, the ten leaders of the tribes, their status. They're not ten miscreants. In, in, in another parasha coming up soon, so Datan uh, Babiram are two criminals. These people are not ten criminals, they're in a Dahara Azat. They're the congregation of Israel, which makes this sin much more severe. But it's because they in fact aren't common criminals, but they're great peoples, leaders of their people, and they've taken upon themselves responsibility to lead the people to lead the people astray. This point, I think, makes even more significant the role of Yehoshua and Kalev because in fact there were 12 spies and not 10 and Yehoshua and Kalev are part of the group if they'd all spoken in one voice it would not have been 12 voices but it would have been the one voice of of Amisa of of the collective and therefore, after stating that the ten spies died, the ten people who spoke Russian horror about Eretz Yisrael died. The Eretz Yisrael died. Says Yosua ben Nun, ben Yefune, Chayu min ha'anashim The pasuk says and did not die. The truth you don't need to write that at all. Why should they die? A lot of people didn't die. Moshe HaBeidu didn't die at this point either. The ten people who had done evil died. And so you shouldn't think, maybe you think that's not a very good question. The passage doesn't say that they were spared. Yoshua <laughs> and Kalev lived from amidst, from within these ten people. In other words, they were on the list, so to speak. But when they died, ten of them died, these two didn't die. There's a, there's what we call a habamina, there's a there's a thought, there's a possibility, there's a legal construction that would say that if it's a congregation, then the whole congregation is going to die as a congregation. Kalev and Yeshua should have been included. So therefore, the Pasuk stresses all the spies, not the spies in plural, all the spyhood, all the brotherhood of the spies dies and It's Yoshua and Kalev are separated out. They need to be spared. They don't just live the way Aaron lives, the way Moshe lives, the way Miriam lives, the way those who are under the age of 20 live, because they're not included in the Gzera. They are included in the Gzera, and they nonetheless escape. (laughs) Chayu Min Anashim means that they escaped the the decree. And why? The reason is because they were tzaddikim. But God had to like, had to had a redeem them, and take them out because, to that extent, that there is significance to being a group. There's also group responsibility. There's group benefit. There's there's schut and there's chovat eda. So um, the the all of Am Yisrael has a certain nature because it's a group. But that cuts both ways. So the fact that Kalev and Yahshua were technically part of this group, originally part of this group, they're part of it. They bear what we call collective responsibility. You have to, to, um, not just deny, you have to free yourself from the collective responsibility to get away. And that is in fact what happened. Because when the spies first came back and they said what they said, it wasn't as bad as the second time, uh, originally they just say, uh, beautiful land, we really uh, it was but the people are very, very powerful. They didn't even say we can't go yet, they they began to describe the difficulties. And then the Pasuk says is a difficult verb. Fosham explained it it means that he he, he quieted them and brought them. Bayas et haam el moshe. So has means to quiet, but here it means he 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 quieted the speakers and brought everybody to hear him. And so there, actually, in the midrash I mentioned beforehand, how Kalev had been playing along. He actually was part of the group, even in the way he acted. He 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 so to speak identified in in an apparent manner all this in order that he should be able to. Otherwise, he would never get a chance to speak. But they let him get up because they thought, Ah, Kalev, he's a good speaker. He will strengthen our negative words that gave Kalev the opportunity and then in a in a oppositional move in a stroke of, of brilliance in a, in a flash of light Kalev said he opened his mouth and said okay tell us what's wrong and he said let's go he, he spoke against what they said and I think that's really coming to tell us that in order for Kalev later on to survive and Yeshua as well it's because he was the individual who separated himself from the congregation. Everything I said till now explained the importance of congregations. Congregations which are evil and congregations which are good. But congregations is Amishal. It's a special thing. Only Kiddush Hashem is only in a congregation. In a congregation of evil, you have to know that that's really true. Congregations are very powerful instruments and therefore you better watch out. Therefore, you have to you can't even be silent and be in the group. If Kalev had simply not said anything, while his fellow spies were speaking against Israel, he'd be in hot water. But there's when when the congregation is bad, you have to stand up as an individual and deny the importance of congregation, split the congregation, destroy the congregation. Say, I am I and speak against them. The Bani says, but all those people, they don't even have names anymore. The other people who came with them, they said, no, no, we can't go. The Pasuk is clearly saying, Pasuk Lamed, Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Kalev said one thing, and the people who had been with him, Han the people who had one second before had been going up with him, in other words, they formed a the unit, they said the opposite. And and then they get carried away, and then they actually win the day, and they sway the entire Jewish people to follow to follow along. So what we have in this pasha is two. They're not even opposite points. They're they're opposite points based on the common structure. This pasha tells us the importance, the the value, the strength, the the different metaphysical status of ha'am, ha'ida, and how specific people, you don't need 600,000, if you're representing truly Kla Yisrael then any group, small group of Jews can claim that status and on the other hand if that happens and you realize that you don't want to be part of that congregation, even though it's called Adat Yisrael I don't want to be part of Adat Yisrael for this particular purpose, then you can't just lower your head because the congregation is strong, it's powerful, it includes you. You have to stand up and break the bond, as Kalev did, and then the Pasuk will say in the end, okay, the congregation is condemned to death, but you will survive because you have the strength of character, the individual strength of character, to say that, well, congregation is in everything. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, sacrifice my integrity for the congregation I don't sacrifice my Vodat Hashem for the congregation so in that sense I have to stand up I have to stand up against it this serves as the basis for the most one of the most important halachot we have of how one forms at Sibur on a day-to-day basis in Shul Mori Davin and it also serves as a mashal for how a person has to judge constantly what his relationship to the larger community is and how he's managing to fulfill both the uh, destiny of the congregation and the charge of being Obed Hashem and makate at every single point. Kol Tov Shalom.